trying to disguise yourself as a worker bee. That's you trying to blend in with the hive. But you're not a worker bee. You're a renegade killer bee. Killer bee. Killer bee. Viceberg Slim. I will chop your heads off! Welcome to In Broad Daylight, a politics and news podcast with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Luis Parada, and Ian Forty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Broad Daylight. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me on the phone, my co-host, which one of you wants to say your name first? Lewis. Lewis says his name first. Got it. Oh. <laughs> Forty, you lost. <laughs> I did lose. Suck it. But 40. in the end, I think I won. No, you definitely lost. <laughs> no, yeah, you lost it. You lost, bud. Oh, you're right. There was a clear winner and loser in that interaction, and uh, <laughs> you lost. But it's fine. It's fine. How's everyone doing since we recorded last? I used to ask that question sarcastically because I would record two podcasts at the same time, but fuck that these days. So, legitimately. How's everyone doing since we recorded last? Still don't have corona. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, in this day and age, that's a win, and that's a very low bar. Yeah. Yeah. Just not having a virus is pretty much (laughs) all you can ask for these days. Does anybody know anybody that has it? I don't. I know a couple of comedians who have or had it, but I don't know them personally, and we weren't Mm. in contact at all. And then uh, a good friend of the show had it i should probably clear that obvious hipaa violation with him before this (laughs) podcast goes live Mm -hmm. but yeah everyone i know who's had it has recovered and no one's died so that's cool yeah yeah i i I don't think i know anybody i just like like i don't know three people removed uh, i've heard from friends of friends of friends who've had it and yeah no no deaths luckily which is nice yeah, i don't know anybody who had it but i can also abbreviate that sentence to i don't know anybody so oh okay <laughs> that it really limits my pool yeah that's one way to really keep your exposure to coronavirus down just don't know people it's a little overrated anyway yeah i tried in the past knowing people uh, not for me yeah it's too much it's way too much. So big, big news. We have intro music for our segments now. We're finally a professional podcast playing with the big boys. Nice. How many How many episodes uh, did it take for you to get to this point where you have uh, intro music and stuff? Well, in terms of the network overall, about 30 because we... <laughs> The very earliest unpopular opinion episode was kind of the same format where we would have segments with music. And then I just uh, abandoned that altogether when I had to start doing things on my own. Yeah. So now we're back. So maybe four years. Nice. It's a (laughs) really light speed here to get music (laughs) on, on a podcast. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. I just had to finally situate the mixer in a place where I could reach it while I record. Which is a thing I'm notoriously bad at doing. I like putting the thing across the room and never looking at it again. (laughs) Yeah, reaching has ruined many a great man. (laughs) I would agree with that. Uh, So we have intro music for our our first segment. Same segment that we kicked things off with last week. We call it Fashion. (laughs) I like this intro music a lot. It is courtesy of good friend of the show sliceberg slim look him up on Bandcamp. he does a bunch of the intros for unpops podcasts 
And also, that intro music featuring David Bowie? Is that going to get us sued? Oh, absolutely. But I don't know if he's alive enough to sue. But I'm assuming he has friends who are alive. Yeah. If they try to sue, I'll direct the conversation to the fact that he had sex with a bunch of kids in the 60s. (laughs) And hopefully... That, that'll that, smooth things over. Yeah, that'll introduce some mutually assured destruction to the, the proceedings, <laughs> and we'll get off that way. The old Bowie fucked kids defense works every time. <laughs> so this segment is where we talk about fascism, which is so fucking hot right now. It is really having a moment. I feel like the fascists used to dress better than they do now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we went from Hugo Boss to khakis and polo shirts. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a lot of like uh, uh, Ross purchased items and then like uh, like the, the sale rack at Brooks Brothers. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why fascists have lost their sense of style. I think they just got lame. They got really watered down. They moved to the suburbs and now they're trying to uh, rule with an iron fist from their McMansions. They could just be trying to blend in too. Which is worse. That's, true. That's, what That's I probably more realistic than my take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd honestly rather have them out there looking dapper as fuck so we can pick them out. Yeah. I just assume right now any really well-dressed white dude is a fascist in some way. I would assume so. The fascists can always seem to afford to look better than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, it's either a fascist or an Instagram influencer. <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> Either way, what are you doing with enough money to afford a nice shirt, you bastard? Damn right. So let's talk about this first thing. Right now there is an immigration pause in this country. We have, for all intents and purposes, shut most forms of immigration to the United States down. And it's just a temporary thing that we're going to do while coronavirus is a problem. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Except the Washington Post reported that Stephen Miller, senior White House advisor, told supporters during an off-the-record phone call that Trump's temporary order to suspend immigration is actually part of a larger strategy to reduce overall immigration going forward. And you know, you could blow me over with a feather right now. What a shocking turn of events. Yeah, it's like the, uh, the, the evil master plan that's like finally been revealed, and it's the exact one we've been guessing since the beginning. <laughs> like we all, we all knew that was a laser cannon back there and you're going to blow up the moon we saw it you didn't the tarp you covered it with was was really small (laughs) yeah this is legitimately not shocking at all because we're talking about stephen miller that guy loves cracking down on immigration and looking like you should alert the authorities whenever he walks in a fucking room He does give off like super creep vibes, like just independent of anything he believes, just strip all of his philosophies away. And he is just a creepy looking man. Yeah, he's got resting. I abused kittens as a child face. (laughs) It's fucking horrifying. One of the worst resting faces you can be saddled with. (laughs) It really is. It's so much worse than bitch face. So much. Have you ever seen uh, uh, the Phantasm film series by Don Coscarelli? Of course. Yeah. I don't know. Stephen Miller has has a few uh, few less notches on on the the belt than the tall man. But can you <laughs> not see him growing into the tall man in his later life? Yeah, that's what he's going to look like at like sixty, like way too early. Just surrounded by little people in cloaks and throwing spike spears at immigrants. yeah the order as it stands now suspended the entry of green card applicants based abroad for 60 days and trump supporters weren't even happy with that 
because they wanted a moratorium on guest worker visas also. But don't worry, acting Homeland Security Advisor Chad Wolf went on Fox News shortly thereafter and said the administration would be looking at that too. I can't tell you how bothered I am by our Director of Homeland Security being named Chad. <laughs> I mean, it's very on the nose, though. It, it's it's a little too perfect for this uh, administration to have a, a Chad and such a, a be such a high ranking official. Yeah, and to have such a cool last name too, Wolf. Chad Wolf. Yeah. Chad Wolf. Chad. Wolf. That guy stole some lunch money from other kids in high school. <laughs> Absolutely. It does like this. It does sound like the kind of name you give yourself at some point, and then it just stuck. <laughs> No, no, no. You all have to call me Chad Wolf from now on. Your last name is Wolfowitz. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a stage name, bro. Chadley Ch- Wolfowitz. <laughs> Chadley. <laughs> That's not what Chad is short for. I, I don't even know. Is it, is it short for anything? I'm not even sure. Chadwick? Think, yeah, Chadwick. Chadwick. Oh, my God. I, that's a name that I'd never remember exists. Chadwick Wolf. Chad Wolf Wolf. That should be his name. Chad should be short for Chad Wolf. And then his last name is also Wolf. Guess what his middle name is? Steve. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on, that's so disappointing. If you're going to be the guy who like really is hammering on, on immigration and like uh, just thinly veiling your racism, you got to have a stronger middle name than Steve. It's got to be like, like Hammer, like Chad Hammer Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Steve is his real middle name. I just assume that. Oh, damn it. God damn it, Adam. Fuck. It's probably something even lamer. <laughs> probably just Ste. Not even the V and the E. A little too forceful in the Wolf family. I don't know what the fuck that means. What are we talking about? Immigration. Yeah, I can see this being just one of many things that get implemented during this outbreak. And then when it's all over, the government's like, eh. What if we just keep it? Like, is the end game that they're going to uh, eventually get their their proud white lineage to take all of these immigrant jobs that they historically have never really wanted? It depends on which immigrant workforce you're talking about. Like, there's not really... That's kind of a myth that these are jobs that white people won't do. And that argument always weirdly jumps from, oh, well, immigrants aren't taking jobs that white people want and it's like there are more than just white people looking for jobs in this country (laughs) like i don't know why that's always the leap and like there's no workforce in the united states that is predominantly an immigrant labor force an illegal immigrant labor force like even farming is still predominantly white and i feel like people on the right kind of use that as a shield knowing that when they push stuff like this We'll be like, oh, those are jobs people don't want anyway. But like when you start getting into stuff like J-1 visas and things like that, then you're talking tech jobs. Yeah. And this is his whole aim, at least what he claims, is about protecting American jobs. So it'll start with people working on farms and shit. And then it's 100% going to come for your friend who works at Facebook and shit like that. So it's concerning that they want to keep it there long term. Yeah, I I love that the idea is that during a pandemic when everybody's losing their jobs, we must protect our jobs from the foreigners. Oh, yeah. It makes no fucking sense. We have an update on something we talked about last week, which is contact tracing apps. They're coming. 
They're definitely coming. I feel like that's another thing that is going to be really commonplace during this, and then we're going to have a lot of trouble escaping from it once we have it. But the University of Oxford's Big Data Institute, that's what they're called, Big Data. Like, they're not the Data Institute, and I'm using big as an adjective. (laughs) But yeah, it's like having a a political office. It's like the the office of open corruption. (laughs) Exactly. The Big Data Institute advised the NHS this week, which is National Health Service, that's over in fucking England, that a contact tracing app could help stop the coronavirus pandemic, but 80% of current smartphone owners would need to use it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Unless you attach it to like a really cool game, like a Candy Crush. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it needs to, like we said last week, it needs to be a face swapping app. And yeah, everyone will do if it. you make it a Star Wars face swap app and make me Yoda, I will sign over my entire life. You can invade my privacy, search my dick pics. Ian, would you install a contact tracing app? Well, let me clarify one thing. If I do, am I looking at Lewis's dick that looks like Yoda? <laughs> It could probably be arranged. Deep fakes are huge right now. The deepest. Uh, oh, you don't need no, to deep fake anything. Like I'll just get some cotton balls and some green paint. And... <laughs> Again. <laughs> Man, I, you know, like, I guess some people are probably happy to download any stupid app that gets, I, I don't want that. Like, nobody wants shit that is secretly spying on you. I don't want something openly spying on me on my phone. That just seems like a terrible idea, whether or not it's supposedly to prevent me from getting a deadly disease that I'm doing pretty good about avoiding so far. Yeah, the company that our government has picked to implement this program, one, Peter Thiel, the guy who destroyed Gawker using uh, a Hulk Hogan lawsuit. Uh, He's also the founder of PayPal. And this company called Palantir, which is, uh, every time I bring that up, someone tells me it's a reference from something, and I always forget what it is. Lord of the Rings, I think? Yeah. And what it is, is this database of information, and it's got all of these individual databases within it. There are 147 databases, and... Just an example of what kind of databases we're talking about. The LAPD uses Palantir all the time to access these things that are all over Los Angeles and probably all over the country. They're probably in Canada also. They're called automated license plate readers. And they're these cameras that are fucking everywhere. Like not just everywhere on the road. They're in parking decks they are they're at lax they are all over los angeles and all they do is take pictures of as many license plates as they can basically as you're driving it's taking pictures of your license plate as you go and what they can do is access that information and kind of get a handle on where you go during the day and what you're routine is and if you're on the run they can find you that way and it's just one of the databases that palantir not only has access to but gives law enforcement access to is is palantir the one because i know there's a lot of these kinds of databases running around these like facial recognition kind of stuff as well where uh, they give the data or like it's run by like neo-nazis essentially people with like uh, links to like far-right groups well that's the thing all of this requires some cooperation between the government 
and the private sector. And that's where things like this get fishy. I don't know the exact situation you're referring to, but whenever the government has to make these data sharing deals with the private sector, you sometimes end up working with people who uh, are doing shit you don't realize. There's a really great article about this. I didn't want to cover it all because I want to encourage people to read it, but it's uh, on Engadget.com by a writer named Violet Blue, and it's about the impending age of contract. Fucking A! Contact tracing apps. (laughs) And it goes into a lot of detail about all of the privacy concerns we talked about last week and they bring up that exact thing the the fact that the government to pull this off is going to have to work with companies that sometimes do some shady shit and even palantir like the the last the most recent thing they did for the trump administration was help them with facial recognition software for ice so fuck those motherfuckers all day the one i was thinking of was called clearview ai they do a lot of uh facial recognition stuff that goes to police departments and stuff uh their founder uh i don't know his name but he he's like a lot of links to far-right groups a lot of uh, alt-right kind of folks so it just like i, I want to know what it's like to live in a country where you can have this kind of system which the underlying idea is smart we have the more data we can collect about where this virus is moving then the more we know and how to how to stop it and how to shut it down and how to stem its tide but uh i just want to know what it's like to live in a country where i could trust my government to not give my personal info to nazis yeah the only way i'd be super comfortable with this is instead of demanding that everyone download an app on their personal phone just give me a second phone that only has that app on it and then <laughs> if it rings i know it's time to swing into action and go get tested but otherwise <laughs> i'm not doing a goddamn thing on that phone <laughs> i don't COVID even want it to burner. have a microphone send me a fucking pager <laughs> there, there has to be a warehouse somewhere filled with old pagers that no one uses or that some guy like invested in in them heavily in the late 90s thinking this is going to be the wave of the future yeah they're buried with all those Trump video phones mm-hmm. and that scam we talked about last week. <laughs> but yeah, that 80% figure, I don't see that happening. And if it doesn't happen, then what's the point of, I mean, that's assuming that study is accurate and true, which I mean, it came from the Big Data Institute. Who am I to say they don't know what they're talking about? It's right in the name. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't see 80% of people adopting that shit in the united states and then at that point we just are basically doing a a trial run for a surveillance system embedded on our phones that we willingly signed up for yeah that's the worst part is we almost have no choice because it's not like they're gonna give us another option we're not gonna be able to do contact tracing by mail Mm -hmm. which i mean that would be almost kind of more horrifying because who's checking the mail every day anymore then you finally go check it and you realize you got a fucking coronavirus letter five days ago then your lungs shut down and you die i don't check my mail as it is like pandemic or not to the point where i have received letters uh, in the mailbox from the mail person telling me to please pick up my mail more regularly because the box cannot withstand this much stuffing <laughs> It's always garbage. You're pushing it to its limits. <laughs> I check my mail religiously because there's nothing more exciting than getting a letter. 
<laughs> You're an old-fashioned guy. When was the last time you got an actual letter? Written by a human? I am still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone send 40 a letter. I want to send you a postcard just saying hi. Just write Canada on it. They'll find him. You <laughs> <laughs> 40 care of Canada. <laughs> hey, speaking of that... Canada being all international and shit. Let's get to our next segment, which we call What in the World? This used to be the theme song for the What in the World podcast, but now it is the intro music for the What in the World segment on the Embroad Daylight podcast, where we talk about international news and politics. God, this is a fun song. It's by a band called Le Juanitos, who actually provide a lot of the intro music for this network because they are heavily featured on a website called free music archive where you can get songs for your comparatively shitty podcasts i'm writing (laughs) that name down so i can use that for my shitty podcast in the future (laughs) it is actually a pretty good resource so let's talk about this first story the mayor of osaka japan says men should do shopping during coronavirus outbreaks because women just take too long you know this is the best it's like an 80s comedy routine i just imagine him riffing in front of the nation or excuse me the city he's not that big but (laughs) and then he doesn't get any respect from his own wife and i bet it was just a riot this guy is my kind of guy yeah he did it with like a red big brick background and with like one hand (laughs) on the mic stand just like hanging out (laughs) by official decree all ladies must wash they ass (laughs) why did he have a british accent i don't know oh that's how they speak in osaka (laughs) hello i was from osaka yes you like some sushi eh? this was his quote when a woman goes it will take time if it was you if you were told to get this or that then you would go directly and go home. And I assume he was talking to a male reporter when he said that, because I also assume Japan doesn't let women be reporters. <laughs> I, I assume after he said that, he tried to like give a give the, the reporter like a dap, like, hey, you agree? Hey, huh, huh, bro, huh, bro. And the guy just kind of stared at him. <laughs> oh, no, no. I feel you. like he would have been into it. They would have gone in for like a fist bump and then made it explode. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the second time an Asian nation has pulled some shit like this during coronavirus. It was in Malaysia, and the government there put out this series of informational posters that reminded women to not nag their husbands during lockdown because it might make their husbands like leave the house and then they're going to spread coronavirus. <laughs> it also said that they should uh, wear makeup and office clothes so as to not offend their husbands. I mean, all good advice. <laughs> what? <laughs> that came from Malaysia's Ministry for Women, Family, and Community Development. Is it run by a man? It's almost <laughs> certainly run by a man. Sounds like it might just be run by a scrotum. <laughs> It's that Lewis Yoda dick. (laughs) Wear makeup, you will. I think we talked about that before the podcast, so people are going to be very confused. We should have a recording of it. You could just wedge it right in here, our whole like (laughs) 10-minute segment about (laughs) talking about my dick. Yeah, we'll just drop it in. Yeah, the thing about Japan, they have, I mean, over the years have developed this reputation as being like kind of a polite nation. They always stick around and clean up 
after the Olympics and shit like that. But uh, one, they were half of the or one third of the aggressors in World War Two. So don't forget that. And they are really shitty to women in Japan. Like the World Economic Forum does this thing called the Global Gender Gap Index. And out of 149 countries, Japan ranked 110th. And among G7 nations, they have the poorest gender equality among all G7 nations, which, yes, we are a G7 nation, in case you're asking, which means they're worse than us. So Japan's got some stiff competition, and they're beating the pants off everybody. Sorry, the dresses off everybody. <laughs> Women don't wear pants. You don't even have to know much directly about Japanese culture to know that. All you have to do is just go on American English-speaking Twitter and see the most virulently uh, hateful people on there towards women all have anime avatars. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true, but I have my Twitter filtered to block anyone with an anime avatar. That's all I see is those people. <laughs> and uh, boy, do they do they have some problems with women. The thing about this, back to what the mayor said, like I've always heard that stereotype about women that it takes them a long time to shop, but I've never heard it about the fucking grocery store. Yeah, they're not trying on the lettuce or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would it take any longer at the fucking grocery store? It's a very neatly arranged place where everything is labeled and you know where to find it. I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the cultural reference point he's he's getting at. I don't. I, I, maybe our grocery stores are different in Japan. It's a different culture. I don't know. I think. I think. I think maybe he's just mistaken. Well, I'm sure he consulted some scientists and experts before he said this. <laughs> Uh, I, look, my hands are tied. The research says women be shopping. <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings, ladies. <laughs> so speaking of science, let's talk about a thing that's happening in Iran. People are drinking methanol to cure coronavirus and dying. Obviously, that's a very bad thing to do. Don't don't do this. Shockingly, this is not Trump's fault. People started doing this in Iran well before Trump asked his supporters to mainline Clorox. There was misinformation about drinking alcohol as a cure that spread on social media in Iran. What happened then is people then mistook ethanol, which is the cool rubbing alcohol kind, which you still should not drink under any circumstances, with methanol, which is highly toxic on top of being tasteless and odorless in drinks. So what was basically happening is people were not only drinking methanol to cure the coronavirus, but because it doesn't taste like anything or smell like anything, it's that thing where if you're drinking a mixed drink and they do such a good job of concealing the alcohol, you're going to pound like five of them and then realize you've just gotten way too drunk. This is that, except you die because you've been drinking methanol. Yeah, you kind of slowly drift away and you're like, all right, I'm going to wake up feeling refreshed and, and free of virus, and you're dead. So you are technically free of coronavirus. You did it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does, in theory, fix the problem, which is that you are living with coronavirus. How does this stuff spread to the point where so many people have died doing it? Because I'm already reading reports that, you know, after Trump said, you know, uh, free base bleach and whatnot, that people are already uh, uh, getting like going to the hospital and stuff for it 
probably the, the dumbest among us. Uh, so that came from the top. That was a, a direct order from the, the highest office in America telling you to kill yourself. Where did it spread in Iran? Do we know that? It was on messaging apps like WhatsApp, like WhatsApp yeah. and social media and shit like that. And it the thing about when misinformation like that spreads in other countries is as shitty as our education system is in the United States, we still have a more robust education system than a lot of other countries. And when you're talking about things like this, it's not like Iranian college students who are coming to the United States to go to college and then heading back there and reading this on social media and drinking ethanol. This is like poor people who live way out in rural areas where there's not, not only is there not a ton of access to information, there's not a ton of access to education in the first place. So what information you do take in, you're going to be more susceptible to believing it. And that's what happened in Iran. There were 700 deaths at the most recent count that was as of april 27th so yesterday over 700 died after drinking alcohol to cure coronavirus i I think uh whatsapp chat rooms need better mods they need people to filter this shit out of there and not just keep it around lingering so people can read it and think oh yeah i'm just gonna drink this clear bottle of death juice yeah whatsapp is a a whole problem in other parts of the world because it whatsapp messages have what's called end-to-end encryption meaning even the people at whatsapp can't read what's in those messages so you can kind of just like they have rules and they'll take posts down but you're gonna be able to post kind of whatever you want on whatsapp at least for a while and once something's up like people are going to copy it and repost it and it's hard to contain it from there and so whatsapp has become this kind of debate in the international law enforcement community about whether we actually need encryption of that nature or if it just helps criminals and bad people. And I mean, for the time being, you know, fuck you, police. We should have end to end encryption. How else am I going to talk to Ian? Ian, do you use WhatsApp? You're in Canada. You have to talk to people in the United States, isn't it? Like, 75 cents a text if you do it the real way oh lord nobody nobody wants to text anybody anymore do they no um i do not use whatsapp though because i don't need apps on my phone Uh, like i said i don't know people but i am aware of whatsapp and that other people in canada may use this i think this is more a sad indictment on just like how do we get to the point where it's 2020 and and i can go out and buy like a car that can drive itself and there is still someone somewhere in the world who hears another person say to drink methanol or bleach and they're like well yeah yeah i'll do that the, these headlines are really conducive to making jokes about how dumb people are and that's a that's an easy way to go with it and and I, that's your knee-jerk reaction but it's so sad too when like you know those poor schmucks were just trying to protect themselves you know they're that you panic that much that you're willing to try something you have to know on some level sounds like a dumb idea but you heard it from someone else that you felt was an authority yeah so you're gonna try it makes you do crazy shit and uh you'll do anything anybody says and all of this technology first is when you just look at the the bright sides of it like hey on whatsapp i can be on in a running chat with my friends that has kept us all uh connected to one another for 
years when we all probably would have drifted apart otherwise. Uh, on the other hand, if let's say my friends were a little bit less educated and more desperate, and one of them said, hey, uh, if you drink Drano, uh, you won't get rickets, I don't know, uh, then some somebody might try it and die. And so it just they they make spreading lies so much more easy easier so much more efficiently, uh, and it's just it's hard to combat ease of use. Yeah, and it the the point Ian brought up about you know the this this headline being it, it is a funny headline on the surface, and that's the thing about stories like this is they're always funny on the surface, and then if you sit with it for a minute and think about it like the underlying reasons why stuff like this happens are always fucking horrifying mm. and this is no different this is a an access to education issue above anything else these stories are always tragic but it is uh it's easy to get chuckles when you read the headlines i guess Woo! we just brought the, the room down all right <laughs> thanks man oh this next story is a little more upbeat i this is my favorite story of the week because this is one of the most aggressively china things i've ever heard basically in the united states when all of the lockdowns happened all our pop stars and celebrities teamed up to sing this like chain version of Imagine by John Lennon, which fuck that song, but that's a whole other episode. Yeah. And that that was what we were on in this country was, hey, let's uh, how about an ill-advised attempt at making people feel better? Meanwhile, in China, all of their pop stars and celebrities teamed up on a pop song that was basically intended to declare their control over the South China Sea. It is a song called One Sea, and it was meant to highlight the cooperation between China and the Philippines in fighting coronavirus. The problem is the sea they're referring to is the South China Sea, which despite its name is owned about 80% by the Philippines. And it's a it's a really weird, it's a very contentious area of the world where the Philippines owns a lot of these islands that are there. And then like Vietnam owns some, Taiwan, I think, owns some. Like it's it's a hotly contested area. And what China has been doing over the past few years, because they don't own as many islands in that area, they've just been dredging up sand from the ocean and building their own islands. So one day you live in the Philippines and you look out upon the ocean and there's just water for miles and miles. And then one day you wake up and China has a fucking military base in the middle of the ocean and they're like what that's our island we built it and so this hotly contested debate has been going on about the south china sea and then in the middle of that china comes out with this pop song meant to promote coronavirus cooperation where they're like oh yeah this whole thing it's ours now too don't worry about it and shockingly people in the philippines did not respond well currently more than one hundred thousand down votes on this video on youtube they probably would have responded better if the song didn't suck. The song <laughs> fucking blows. It really sucks. Like, if you're going to do propaganda asserting your control over another another country's land, you have to write something with a more catchy beat. It sounds, like, really old. Like, for instance, okay, Vietnam, I don't know if you heard about this, like, when all of this corona stuff was just 
just starting to catch fire and gain popularity across the world. Uh, uh, Vietnam did like a safety song of like reminding people to wash their hands and stuff, and it fucking slaps hard as shit. It's really good. It is a genuinely good song removed from all of it. It is such a great, wonderfully crafted pop song. Uh, if you can find it online, just like, I don't know, Google Vietnam uh, coronavirus song, something like that. It's great. Uh, this song, it's it's like a like an old, like an old like nineteen sixties Chinese lounge, and I, yeah. I, I don't want to be there because everyone has like an eye patch and a cigarette and coronavirus and coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I love when a song that on paper should suck doesn't. My one of my favorite examples is Shakira did a song that one was produced in partnership with Activia Yogurt, so already a strike against it. Two was meant to promote the World Cup, which is uh, not only one of my fav- least favorite sporting events, but a legitimate human rights crisis all around the world. And that song, holy shit, it's so good. Yeah, I saw her perform that song live. I saw her last year in concert, and uh, my wife and I were like, is that, is, that the, is that the World Cup song? Because it's fucking awesome. Uh, you don't expect the song for the, the fucking World Cup to be so good, but damn. I'm so jealous that you saw Shakira. I was, was going to go, and t- tickets were so expensive at the L.A. shows, and I just did not have the money. Oh, I want to see Shakira in concert so fucking bad. She's, she's very talented, and she can make uh, even the most corporate of yogurt songs excellent. Exactly. <laughs> That's what China should have done. They should have teamed up with Activia Yogurt to make this song. <laughs> All right, we got, uh, we got Dan and... Uh, we got who, who makes Gogurt? Let's get the Gogurt people and Bad Bunny. I like that I went from Shakira is great to pretending... Activia yogurt was the reason that song is so good. <laughs> she's, we all know she's talented, but not as talented as the yogurt people. Does Shakira make you shit? No. <laughs> That's magic. But yeah, but the lesson here is if you're going to do propaganda, you got to you gotta make it catchy. If you're just, you know, out and out saying uh, to like a, a really boring tune, hey, uh, we own your ass. Uh, and then you have like a, a, a like a, a sleepy little droney song attached to it. Then nobody's gonna give a shit. They're gonna hate it. But disguise it in like a nice little beat or something, and people are gonna yeah. They won't even realize they're being oppressed. Exactly. So should we get to our next segment? Sure. Here we go. We have very somber music for this because it's important to remember with everything that's going on in the world now good or bad that at the end of the day Trump is still our fucking president and he's still out there in the world doing Trump things even from the comfort of the White House despite the ongoing coronavirus crisis Trump still rolls into the Oval Office around (laughs) noon each day (laughs) I love this he is look look I'm not I'm going to just preface this by saying I understand he's a horrible monster of a man. He sucks. He's a piece of shit. He has no business being in that office. But he is, at times, I hate to say it, wildly relatable in ways that I don't want to admit. (laughs) Because we shouldn't be admitting in any way that we see eye to eye with him. But good Lord, would I want to roll into the Oval Office at noon 
likely in pajamas. You think pajamas, like silk pajamas or like a robe for him? Oh, a robe for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. And like an open <laughs> robe with boxer shorts. <laughs> yeah, that happens very rarely when Trump does a thing and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I get it. And then you feel immediately gross. Yeah. But I, the, the, the saving grace for me is the fact that I know that trait does not belong in that office. That's where I go, okay, that's on a human level, I could understand that, but put that in the Oval Office, clean up your fucking act. I would love to, in the the, the play place in my mind, say, ah, yeah, I'm going to roll into the Oval Office at noon and fucking eat McDonald's at the uh, Resolute Desk or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I don't want that to be real because that's scary. There's a joke version of that in the real one. Real one yeah, sucks. The thing about Trump, I would be happy to have a personality like him representing me and my country on the world stage if that person didn't clearly have dementia, <laughs> didn't clearly snort Adderall all day, and didn't vehemently hate minorities, people from other countries, women, and the LGBTQ <laughs> community. So if he could just not be a white supremacist, Trump would be great. He would just be one of those presidents that's like an also ran, just a guy that, yeah, history forgets about and like, yeah, they're they're a a little bit of a mess, but, you know, whatever, moving on. Uh, Instead, he uh, chooses to uh, be that kind of lazy schlub as president while also at the same time being the worst in really real, tangible ways. Yeah, it's it's bad all around. Like, I... I love a quirky personality, but it can't be wrapped in this goddamn package. (laughs) And I brought up the Adderall thing. Did both of you listen to the the video in the notes? Yeah. Yeah. I am going to play it now for people at home. I've played this before. It's a comedian named Noel Kassler. He used to work with Trump on the Miss America pageant and I believe on Celebrity Apprentice also. If you go to his Twitter, it is just a whole bunch bunch of allegations about Trump snorting Adderall and he actually there's a pretty famous video out there on the internet that is just him doing stand-up and talking about Trump snorting Adderall so we're gonna play that quick here it goes well I work in live television I've done that for the last 20 years I work in TV production in the talent departments taking care of all the performers it's kind of like herding cats if cats had publicists and massive egos I did six seasons of the Celebrity Apprentice finale. Oh, yeah, you can see where this is going. My job was taking care of the Trump family, too. Yeah, Don Jr., Omarosa, Melania. It was like a freaking Mensa meeting every day. I worked on a bunch of those beauty pageants he had in the 90s, too. That was a good idea. Miss Teen Universe. Yeah, that's like giving Jeffrey Dahmer a cooking show. <laughs> yeah, you got that one. Took a minute, but yeah, yeah. He would line up the girls on the side of the stage and he would inspect them, literally. He'd stick his little freaking doll fingers in their mouth and look at their teeth. So not a kid. This is true. He'd line them up like they're pieces of meat. He'd be like, you, you, and you. If you want to win, I'm in the penthouse suite. Come and see me. Yep. If Trump had a cooking show, they'd call it the douchebag diet. McDonald's, chocolate ice cream, and girls that look like Ivanka are all he ever eats. I really like you guys now. That's my favorite joke. I'm going to tell you one more thing. I don't usually tell. I'll tell you two more things. 
since you're being so nice to me. He's a speed freak. He crushes up his uh, Adderall and he sniffs it because he can't read, so he gets really nervous when he has to read cue cards. I'm not kidding, this is true. I had a 24-page NDA, non-disclosure agreement. I didn't know that he was becoming president. Now it's, no way, dumbass, I'm telling you everything I know. <laughs> so he gets nervous and he crushes up these pills. That's why he's sniffing when you see him in debates and when you see him reading. It's why he's tweeting, you know, it's like he's out of his mind. It makes sense if you think about it. Methamphetamine was invented by the Nazis to keep the fighter pilots up all night on bombing runs, right? So it makes sense that Trump would use it to hate tweet and the self-centered rage at 4 a.m. on the toilet. And we're back. Oh, exciting. I believe him. Trump does actually have a lot of the characteristics of a person who's addicted to stimulants. Yeah, like I I, I, I want to veer away from like the uh, the the couch diagnosis of a person so i don't know shit i don't know all i do is i see addicts in movies and stuff i've never been around them i've never seen people too many people with dementia i don't know how it manifests in so many people but i can confidently say he has all of those bad things and they're all happening to him and he's doing them actively participating in them because there's no other explanation for how for why he is the way he is no, none, especially the part where he tweets at three and four o'clock in the morning. Like, why aren't you in bed? Get to fucking bed. Yeah, to be his age and, and, as, and as out of shape as he is in and, and how there's hearing him speak, he sounds like he's just about to have a heart attack at any moment. I don't understand how you can, without any stimulants, be up so late. I'm a significantly younger and not the greatest shape myself, but... I'm significantly better shaped than him, and I'm by if I'm up at three, I'm probably because uh, I've I've been on something significantly powerful, and by that I mean I just had co- like coffee at like after two p.m. or something. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much, but <laughs> you would think with Trump, it probably takes quite a bit to keep that machine operating into the wee hours of the morning, <laughs> firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> they do claim that when he spends time in the morning, he's not sleeping in he's just watching fox news and cnn which is even more horrifying because when does he fucking sleep has he slept since he became president and i don't mean in the cool hard working way i mean get some fucking sleep you crazy person what's the the scary undertone of that is that he uh clearly cannot get to work until he's had his his daily recommended dose of of uh, of, of like praise and, and also direction of what he should be doing that day from the Fox and Friends uh, uh, cast. Yeah, like that's a thing you can do is just watch Fox and Friends that morning and then head to Trump's Twitter and wait. He's going to tweet something from Fox and Friends or if they weren't nice to him, he'll tweet something from OANN or any of these other fucking outlets that slobber all over him. And the thing you said about not wanting to like diagnose another person, the thing about Trump, like if any Trump supporters are still listening to this network, which would (laughs) blow me away, but it's possible. Trump supporters won't like hearing this, but Trump's not a person. Trump's the president. You cease to be like, I'm sorry, but you lose some of those protections when you become president you are in charge of the fucking country and if we all have concerns that you're snorting Adderall or might have dementia motherfuckers are gonna voice them nothing's gonna happen like we learned that from Ronald Reagan but you can and the thing is you can 
pick it up a little bit <clears throat> when you hear like the uh the quotes that's like the little blurbs and shit whatever wacky crazy thing he said that day you can just watch it and go oh, man that's a crazy person but you really don't get a, an appreciation for how truly damaged he is until you start watching his briefings and whatever he speaks just in large chunks and you see like the 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 thought processes tumble over one another and mash together and cut off, cut off cut each other off like they're fucking cars and traffic it's insane his thought process it doesn't make any sense it's just a jumbled mash of craziness that just spills out and we've gotten to the point where we just kind of ignore it because i guess it just tends to happen whenever anything uh enough crazy shit you put it out there and then people just ignore anything but it's just wild th- that we're all just fine with it i think it's actually kind of to our benefit that thing where he struggles to read and just kind of wings it for a second before he gets back into his speech, having trouble reading the way he does is kind of a side effect of benzodiazepines. And without him doing that, he would be able to get away with so much more shit. Because without that, we wouldn't have a 18-month history of him every once in a while going, maybe I'll stay in office for four terms. Maybe uh, maybe I'll be president for life. Maybe I'll delay the election. Like, none of that shit's ever written in his speech. But you get to hear him say it because he's too fucking high to read. <laughs> and it kind of gives us a jump on the things he's planning. The problem is when he says these things, we're just like, like the, the media tends to treat it like, oh, well, the people around him say that's not true and that's who you should believe. But like, why is he saying it? Like we know when he brings up an idea, he got it from somewhere. Trump has no fucking original ideas. That's why he has to fucking snort rails and watch Fox News every morning so he can have something to tell the world so where's he getting that notion that maybe he should you know just stay in office for another term because democrats wrongly investigated him over russia so more adderall for trump please (laughs) how is he not losing weight though it has has to be his diet right yeah that man eats like a trash compactor that's not that's not good stuff that he's putting his body at by any means yeah that's true. See, that would be me. That That's the bad example I would set as president. They'd be like, that guy eats a lot of McDonald's. I remember that. What was it he had in the White House? I don't know. It was like a, a sports team of some kind. I don't remember who it was, but he had that resplendent fast food buffet for them all. And it was, it was at once the most opulent and the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Just <laughs> fast food as far as the eye could see. Arranged, clearly someone like stacked it all with care so it would look nice as nice as it could in, in the wax paper and boxes and whatnot but the white house has like really good chefs they don't they don't fuck around and they must have felt so disrespected when they said uh, order me 700 cheeseburgers <laughs> like and, and and just knowing that those fries were fucking cold by the time those kids got into that <laughs> and, and McDonald's, yeah, yeah a mcdonald's fry sucks after eight minutes yep <laughs> Yeah, you got to get that down right away Mm -hmm. or it turns into a science experiment. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was, I believe, the Clemson football team after they won the national championship. And like, that's what an athlete eats if they need to consume. Like, Michael Phelps really famously eats like 45 cheeseburgers for breakfast every morning. But like, you don't do it in the White House. 
<laughs> like they're not trying to carbo load in the fucking White House. Give them some good food, goddammit. Uh, the Trump administration also wants doctors to be able to deny care to LGBTQ people. Again, which, again, this isn't a huge surprise. It is crazy to me how hard right-wing types have been going after women's rights under all of this and LGBTQ rights. Uh, I mean, again, not surprising, I guess, but they are really going after it. This, what they're trying to do now, Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act forbids sex discrimination when administering health care. And in the Obama administration view, that covers LGBTQ people. In the Trump administration's view, it does not. And they want that part of the Affordable Care Act basically either removed or rewritten so doctors can refuse to treat a person if they just perceive that person as being gay or trans or what have you, which is alarming in and of itself, but especially when there's a pandemic going on because it it's giving people rightfully the concern that if you show up at the hospital and it comes down to someone needing a ventilator, that might be the thing that disqualifies you because, well, Trump said... We can prioritize healthcare the way we want. And this hasn't passed yet, but they're trying to push it through in the middle of a pandemic. There, there's always going to be like only a handful of people who are going to be doing this kind of thing. Like if they allow this to go through and like, hey, everybody, you can now openly discriminate whoever you want. It's not going to be like a rash of folks just discriminating left and right. It's going to be like five doctors in Mississippi who will have like be in the, in the middle of a of a media shitstorm the second they do it, and the person they discriminate against complains about it on Twitter, and it will it will make their lives a living hell. It's kind of it's like those movie theaters in like Texas now who can or wherever that they're opening up already, and they say, hey, movie theaters, you can open, and so many theaters are like, no. We're not going to do that. Are you fucking crazy? We're not going to be participants in this madness. We're going to stay closed willingly uh, by our own volition. Uh, I feel like most places will just continue on not discriminating, and the few who do will get so much shit for it, uh, it's not even going to be worth it. Yeah. You would hope that's the way it shakes out. It could also be a thing where they get so much shit for it on social media, like, yeah, people on the left hate him, but people on the right are like, finally, a doctor that speaks his mind. And it's like, oh, fucking here we go again. Now that doctor's going to be president in eight years. <laughs> Gays don't just, need flu shots. <laughs> I don't get how it's not just so exhausting to give so much effort into caring what someone else, like just how their life is unfolding in a way that will never ever affect your own life that's that's what's always baffled me about anyone who, who hates another group of people on these super arbitrary reasons i don't I, i've never been able to wrap my head around that that concept at all like what is do you have nothing else to do right now it's not a book you could be reading or something just fucking seriously get into a hobby and stop giving a shit why other people are the way they are if it will never have anything to do with you. Well, right now out there somewhere is a doctor hearing that going, oh, finally, these gays, they come in here, they make a mess, they don't <laughs> clean up. Finally, I could ban them. Yeah. If I was a doctor, I would call anyone wearing a MAGA hat gay and kick them out <laughs> of my office. <laughs> Be like, it's what, like man? Trump said I could do it. It's the gayest hat I've ever seen. So let's let us let us get to... 
our next segment. Lewis recorded this ahead of time, but we do have to play the intro song. Here it goes. It's all new, updated from last week. Things are moving at such a pace on this podcast. It will be a goddamn bullet train by next year, like a physical bullet train you can get on and go places, but still also a podcast. Here's that intro. Ah, <laughs> that intro music is courtesy of Andrew Hillary, host of the Best Enemies podcast, who seems to think that mention is going to drive listens or something. <laughs> oh, keep dreaming, bud. All right, let's get to Lewis's segment and then we'll be right back. In this week's edition of Where Is Joe Biden? I found him because Joe actually did stuff this week. It's a nice change of pace from last week when there was a Joe Biden shaped hole in reality where Joe Biden should be. But that's not to say it was easy to find our man, Joe. I had to trudge through miles of op-eds from writers who collectively decided this was the week to all offer Joe advice he's never going to read in a million years on which Democrat to choose as a running mate. And they chose all of them. The Intercept chose Elizabeth Warren. The Daily Beast thinks it should be Stacey Abrams. The Boston Herald says it should be Michelle Obama. Had I known I can get presidential fan fiction published in legit newspapers, I would have submitted my erotic novella where Mitch McConnell inflates his neck sack to let Henry Kissinger know he's ready to mate. Eventually, after hours of searching, I found Joe in the flesh. Or, I mean, I, I think it's flesh. It's, it's got an unnatural texture, like, like an experimental polymer that escaped a lab and ran for president. Joe tweeted a video of he and his wife Jill being interviewed by their granddaughter Finnegan. Turns out the Bidens are watching Tiger King. If there's any solace to take from this often depressing period in American history, it's that we know Trump hasn't watched Tiger King yet because he hasn't yet called Carol Baskin a bitch in the middle of a meandering rant about freebasing Glade plugins to ward off yellow fever. Joe's night of Netflix and Joe, oh God, I, I, I can't say the rest. I can't. The mental images are too, uh, they're too real. Oh, they're too vivid. Oh God, I'm sorry. Okay, it's enough. No more of that. I'm sorry. <sighs> All of that stuff was just a precursor to Joe's big Hollywood night out when he held a fundraiser attended virtually by some of the biggest names in Hollywood like Melissa Etheridge and tennis legend Billie Jean King. Uh, okay, look, it wasn't a terribly impressive guest list, but it's still a crowd Republicans would love to court but haven't had the chance to since the last of the Rat Pack died. The closest they ever get is making a few campaign stops at Steven Seagal's sexual assault training dojo and spaghetti factory. Joe used the platform to say of Donald Trump, quote, mark my words, I think he is going to try to kick back the election somehow, come up with some rationale why it can't be held. Now, obviously, this is just another case of old, wacky, mushy-brained, mealy-mouthed Joe letting slip another bit of lunacy that in this case is absolutely right. Yes, 100%. Good job, Joe. Nailed it, bro. Fucking nailed it. Joe capped off his big Hollywood adventure by rejecting a $2,800 donation from comedian Louis C.K. Probably for the best. Don't want to make people think you're in the pocket of big sexual assault. And it might remind them that Joe has his own rape allegation against him that I have not yet worked up the nerve to think about much because it's pretty depressing knowing that the one man who might save us from taking a full plunge into white ethnocentric fascism might be a rapist. The only way I'm going to get through it is by assuming life is a movie and Biden is the killer and FBI task force is sent out to catch another killer. The only man who could stop an alleged rapist is another alleged rapist. By the way, Biden in this scenario is Hannibal Lecter, and that means Trump is Buffalo Bill tucking his dick back asking if you'd fuck him. Where in the world is motherfucking Joe? 
Biden. And we're back. Ooh, scintillating. I was amazing. You were. You were great. Thanks, guys. It really means a lot. Thank you, buddy. Let's talk about Biden claiming that Trump is going to delay the election. Yeah, Joe Biden, as I said in the thing, is uh, he has a reputation for being a gaffe machine. This stretches back, I think, in the, the general public's eye all the way back to the uh, the, the, the Obama days. Um, and uh, he says he does. He, he does tend to... Uh, like step into a, like a bucket while trying to pull his hand out of a jar of honey kind of thing. Uh, but this one's like 100% correct and accurate that, yeah, it does. It does feel like Donald Trump, the man who has been talking about, you know, jokingly talking about how uh, he might, I just might run again in and, and have, you know, uh, uh, another set of four years added on to the end of my administration. Uh, the man who just talks about that kind of stuff openly, willingly, that kind of flirtation with fascism, it does seem like he would try to push an election back while using all of this, just kind of generally waving around at the sky right now, uh, kind of using all of this as an excuse to uh, make sure he stays in office. Yeah, the thing that concerns me, like I've always thought Trump was going to try and delay this election well before coronavirus because he like he's been dropping those hints all along the way even before he won the 2016 election he was throwing out hints that if he lost he was going to contest the election mm -hmm. and now it's just going to be so much easier like this is in terms of delaying a, an election a pandemic is just like a a gift falling from above into your lap like this makes it so much easier for him to justify and he'll get he'll get a decent amount of support behind it. Democrats will lose their shit. People on the left will lose their shit, but his base won't give a fuck like whatever keeps him in office longer. And I think Joe Joe Biden is right. We actually 100 uh, percent agree on this. I think Trump will try to delay this election. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how America puts up with that isn't it like extremely difficult though to do that like a president just can't he needs to have an incredible amount of power that i don't think even trump has right now in order to pull that off i feel like this is going to be one of those situations that someone's going to say you can't do that and then it's going to happen and then that'll be it and no one will know what to do after that because i think so much of his presidency has been you can't do that after he already did it checks and balances were supposed to keep him from getting elected like all of these things we have in place to stop a tyrant like trump from taking office they've all failed so far and when it comes down to that one that defining moment where he's like yeah i'm uh i'm in charge now we'll have elections when i say we have them what the fuck are we gonna do like people will be mad people will say you can't do it like we'll fight it in court but while it drags out in court you think we're going to have elections? Probably not. And I just, I don't know if the United States has the intestinal fortitude to put up with something like this. I feel like we're just going to buckle. We are, I mean, I guess it makes sense. We are a nation that likes to talk shit more than we like to act on it. We are the nation of people who really hopes someone like our friend at the bar will hold us back to make it seem like we are actually have the balls to fight the guy we got into an argument with. Yeah. And then I mean we'll be real we'll be mad on Twitter and we'll tell we'll tell people on Twitter to call their representatives and tell them how mad you are. But that hasn't changed shit so far. Like it's it it feels it probably feels great 
like it feels really good feel you feel like you did something but this is we're getting into uh at the risk of an interview with secret service we're getting into everybody in the streets all the fucking time i mean six feet apart while wearing masks obviously but also very angry and protesting Like, it's going to have to take some mass action on the part of the people to stop what is happening, not just with Trump, but with the presidency in general. Like, Joe Biden wins, and what? We have a slightly less racist old man in office who might appoint a better Supreme Court nominee? Cool. What else changes? Not much. So it's, even if Trump loses, it's a situation that is getting more and more untenable by the day and i don't know what we do to fix it short of protests yeah i think you're years off from from anything like that even becoming a possibility because everybody's still pretty super comfortable at the end of the day i think yeah that's that's the thing the the people who are being impacted by trump's policies are people who if they go out in the streets most of middle america and white america is going to be like fucking can't you send the military to stop that and it's like you don't ever want the military stopping protests in your country that's that's like the last line before things really become a dictatorship but who knows maybe we'll get the vote by mail in november we'll see should we get to our last segment do it we should we don't really have intro music for this but we do have a sound effect for a segment we call Sacrifice to the Elites of the Week. That was a guillotine. The one last week included the head rolling on the ground and the sound of blood, and I thought that was a little bit extreme. So toned it back for the PC police out there this week. This is a tasteful podcast. We talk about uh, my dick looking like Yoda. Exactly. It's all about peace here. Mm -hmm. Like Lewis's peace, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't have any actual sound effects on here, so I can't like give myself a fucking air horn there or something. That's a, that was an oversight. Hey, 40, tell us about American billionaires. Oh, those billionaires, you love to hate them. There was a, an article in Fast Company earlier in the week, possibly the best named uh, website out there to give you the news fast company <laughs> american billionaires have gotten 280 dollars billion excuse me dollars richer since the start of the pandemic which you know hasn't been that long so to get 280 billion dollars i have not gotten that much richer since the beginning of the pandemic by any means um, no most people are not but rich people do seem to be doing really well yeah yeah they're they're doing i mean the rich get richer that's what they say right but like jeff bezos bezos that amazon guy has already raked in 25 billion dollars in the first three months of 2020 meanwhile there's like 50 amazon warehouses that have corona spreading through them and amazon is worth about a trillion dollars now which is a number that's just so stupid high that it really has no meaning you can't yeah it's not even a real number yeah i don't know what a trillion of anything would look like that's dumb uh elon musk has made eight billion dollars since march there's what 30 million americans who are out of work right now that's like the population of canada just about jesus it's do, yeah the, do you what, know how a lot of this money is being made it's just like purely like maybe stock buybacks or something like that well mr uh mr bezos is sitting on top of like the greatest business in the world right now right like yeah, that's true. amazon is the go-to place for shopping for everyone you can't leave your house and already it was doing pretty good i understand before this amazon was making a couple of bucks uh but now they're 
it's like the center of the shopping universe. So, and Elon Musk has been getting money from, you know, deals with healthcare stuff that he's been, I guess he's been involved in making ventilators or at least shipping them. Yeah. There's also the CEO of Zoom has made a ton of money, but that makes sense. Like, yes, Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. Right. For those who don't know, which is everyone but the three of us. We don't want to get our feed cut. So we'll just say that makes sense in case they're listening. I read in a, in a different article uh, earlier, I can't recall where it was, but in 1990, all the billionaires in the U.S. were worth a combined $290 billion. And in 2020, they're worth a combined $3.2 trillion. Jesus. So in, in 40 years, they've done some... 40, 30 years. We've done some considerable work to make the rest of us look like chumps who are eating boot soup and whatnot. And it's crazy that the number that they were all worth combined at the start of that is just slightly more <laughs> yeah. than what they've made since coronavirus started. Yeah. Yeah. They're that's not, troubling. They're not suffering by any means in a way that seems like, you no, know, saying billionaires should suffer. Well, some people are saying billionaires should suffer. Um, I'm not going to hop on that bandwagon, but I, I do believe maybe, you know, these guys could be paying their fair share of taxes. Billionaire taxes have decreased 79% in the last four decades, but wages have gone up 11% for their workforce. Yeah, that doesn't seem like fair. And that's like, that's one of the situations I'm, I'm referring to when I, when I say there's things that are just getting untenable in this country, like that just cannot carry on. I think that divide between the the one percent and the richest and everyone else it's gotta come down a little and i'm with you i'm not to the point where i'm saying we should start slitting billionaire throats in the streets but goddamn pay a little more taxes like it's not going to like there is no world where paying your fair share of taxes should be equated with suffering the fact that you have enough resources to pay that much in taxes, you're not fucking suffering. That's why it's so interesting to me if you see <clears throat> get into like the Twitterverse and you hear a lot of talk of like the guillotine thing and how uh, immoral it is to uh, be a billionaire in this day and age. I feel like good points aside, uh, the you wouldn't hear that talk pretty much at all if they just paid more taxes so that way we can afford government programs uh, that can help poor people and that there's just more money being unlocked and flowing into other people's pockets like if these rich people really hate this kind of talk so much and every once in a while you hear one of them say oh, we feel like they're like the pitchforks are out for us and they're going to come for us one day well if you don't want that just pay you know just pay a little bit more taxes collectively that's it that's all you got to do you can afford it and it's not doing them any favors when in the middle of a crisis like this you see stories where like the los angeles lakers got 4.7 million dollars in small business relief money Mm -hmm. it's like what the fuck and then everyone was on espn like oh isn't it great that the lakers are giving that money back Mm -hmm. no it's fucked up (laughs) that they applied for it in the first place and it's even more fucked up that they got it we have something like that actually happening here i've been following it pretty closely there's this island uh here in miami called uh fisher island if you know famous south beach it's like less than a mile south of that it's a private island filled with nothing but multi-millionaires. You cannot access this island by car. You can only get to it by ferry. It is wildly wealthy. It is the wealthiest zip code in America. And it's this tiny, tiny little island just off the mainland of 
of Florida. And they applied for the loan and got it. They got $2 million. And the only reason they didn't accept it is because there was so much media fervor down here around and like outrage around the idea that they got it. Meanwhile, so many small businesses up and down every street in this city are shutting down that they the uh, they put it up for a vote and the uh, citizens of the the multimillionaire citizens uh, all said nah nah we're good we we don't want to see our head in a basket below a guillotine anytime soon the fact that like especially with someone like the Lakers like think about what even just the average NBA player makes per year there's not an NBA player that's making I mean that's a thing I can Google what's the NBA league minimum salary, $450,000 as of 2019. So there's not a single player in the NBA making less than $450,000, which that, if I'm not mistaken, is right around the threshold for being considered part of the 1%. Mm -hmm. So every NBA player is part of the 1%. How much money do you think those teams have? Because they're not giving all their money to the players. They have a considerable fortune they are sitting on. And for companies like that to dip into a program like this that's meant to support actual small businesses, that is the kind of shit that is going to have people hunting billionaires for sport. And I don't understand how these rich fucks don't realize that. Like, I get that things are cool and comfortable now, but they can be very uncool and very uncomfortable in a very short amount of time. And it just, it continues to fucking blow me away that they don't get that. Like, just pay some goddamn taxes and quit trying to rob people all the time. And and aren't the Lakers one of the most valuable teams in the world, like across all sports? They have to yeah. be in like the top 10 or something. I gotta look this up or something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say top five. Okay, let me see. This is from Forbes. This is from July of last year. They are sitting at number eight. Uh, value three point seven billion. Their operating income is one hundred and forty-seven million. Ahead of them are the Patriots, Manchester United, the Knicks. God, I can't believe the Knicks are worth so much. They suck so bad. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> yeah, Barcelona, Real Madrid, the Yankees, and the Cowboys. Yeah. So when you take soccer out of that, they probably are top five at least in the yeah. united states so it's like you have the money like we always we see these stories every once in a while a while where it's like oh a billionaire donates five hundred thousand dollars to local food bank and it's like five hundred thousand dollars that would be like if a homeless person asked me for change and i flip them a penny <laughs> even though i have like 45 cents in my pocket mm. it's like what what is even the point and then the argument is always well they could give nothing and it's like they are giving nothing <laughs> they yeah, love the gesture it's like it's it's like a smoke and mirrors thing and it happens all the time with with the ultra rich philanthropy you know if I, if I pay nothing to taxes for a decade and then give even Jeff Bezos gave like a hundred million to food banks, which and it's not to criticize that as bad. It's good that he that happened. But like you said, that's that's less than 0.1 percent of his entire fortune. That's a yeah. drop in the bucket for him. And that's far less than he should, according to any tax code, have paid already to support, you know, much more than. The one thing he chose himself to support 
because now he gets to pick where his money goes and inexplicably would get a tax rate off for that as well if he chose to pay taxes at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the gesture when people do shit like this, but it's still like it's a publicity thing. Like Jeff Bezos has enough money to actually like a spent like even just take care of your workers. Like you have Jeff Bezos for a boss and they come to you and go, oh, we're going to raise your wages by a dollar during all this. It's like, oh, thank you so much. It reminds me of the story when, because I'm all caught up watching that Bulls documentary now, <laughs> there was this story I read back when the Bulls were winning all their championships. And I don't remember who the player was, but the Bulls did a secret Santa thing. And Michael Jordan was the person who was supposed to buy him a gift. And he bought him a portable CD player. And that player was like, I was expecting a Range Rover because Michael Jordan was fucking loaded and everyone else on that team was relatively not. And it's like you kind of have to expect that from billionaires, because if you want to hoard all that money, you're going to have to not hoard some of it to keep people happy. But that's never going to happen. So it's just going to be fucking conflict in this country i was i was trying to while i did all that talking i was trying to like run the math on what it would cost jeff bezos to just send everyone twelve hundred dollars but my calculations fell apart i'm <laughs> sure he could afford it though that's high level mathematics i'd never be able to pull off but i think you could you know yeah sell off whole foods i think you could do it by itself yeah or billionaires could band together just send us all some fucking money once a month i mean wouldn't that be if they're doing all of this just giving little paltry sums for uh just for the pr little little quick hit of pr uh think how much long lasting uh pr they would get if they personally send everybody a fuck ton of money like if like if you just send some people if bezos just sent everybody like a hundred dollars more than the government was giving them and did that twice instead of just once oh my god we would love him forever he can enslave people in those fucking warehouses (laughs) they will they will (laughs) i mean they're gonna do it regardless but at least we'll be okay with it now that he's paid us off well i mean i feel like before they enslave people they'll just fire everyone and replace them with robots that's true so then they'll be enslaved to poverty (laughs) so i think that's our episode unless we have any final thoughts on eating the rich Mm, no yeah let's just do it let's just do it and eat them uh that was a good episode thank you both for doing it i really appreciate it as always uh do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Lewis. Uh, just my uh, stuff at Cracked, I guess, that I do every day. Plus uh, Twitter. It's a, was it? Uh, at Lewis underscore Prada. That's L-U-I-S. And then Prada, like the uh, famous brand that I have no relation to. Or else I wouldn't be on this fucking podcast. I'd be the one percenter. I wouldn't be here. You'd be talking shit Hell about yeah. me. And I'd be on my boat laughing at it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just follow me there. And that's it. Ian anything i'm also going to plug lewis's uh twitter (laughs) it needs all the help it can get yeah you know what same follow lewis on twitter oh thanks guys not me or 40 block me and 40 report us to twitter (laughs) sexual deviance all right let's get the fuck out of here ian say goodbye goodbye lewis say goodbye 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 everybody we love you 